0: Okay, here is a tiny recap from the last program. We're talking about the next president of the United States of the world. This amazing story is in the ancient city of Babylon. There are two young men who are involved. One is a young man who's a mighty king and his name is Nebuchadnezzar and there's another young man who outlives him. And his name is Daniel. And we have overwhelming proof, proof that we're talking here about historical happenings. We're going to take the Bible now. I'm going to turn to Daniel chapter 2 as we continue on from the last program. Daniel chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse, let me see, verse 31. Verse 31. Are you ready, folks? I'm going to start at verse 31, and we're going to read to you the king's dream of the superman. You, O king, were watching, verse 31, and behold, uh, a great image, this great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And uh, the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the king's dream. This is the dream that was given to Daniel by Almighty God. There was a great metal man head of gold, chest of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs partly of iron and partly of clay. Then you come down to the feet and then there comes a a stone. And then uh, the amazing thing is that the stone grows and grows and becomes a mighty mountain and fills the whole earth. That stone uh, represents the next president of the United States of the world who won't be in bed with the lobbyists. <laughs> now, they're revealing the interpretation. Now, please remember this. If genuine prophecy exists, then the main issues of the age are met. If genuine prophecy exists, we know who we are, we know where we came from, we know why we're here, and we know where we're going. You see? All right. The interpretation, verse uh, 36 and onwards. You ready? This is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever wherever the children of men dwell and the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. And so the head of gold on the colossus, on the great metal man, symbolizes the kingdom of Babylon. You no, know, somebody says, "Well, that's just interpretation." No, it's not. No, it's just reading. It's a bit of history. That's all it is. And this is the power that ruled the world, starting with uh, the Neo-Babylonian Empire from six hundred five down to five hundred and thirty-eight B.C. So the head of gold. This is a fact. It's not theology. It's not churchiology. It is simply a fact. That's Babylon. Okay. Now come a little bit further, please, verse 39, 39a actually. But after you shall arise another kingdom uh, inferior to you. Let me tell you the facts. Hmm. 538 BC, the Persians and the Medes surrounded the city of Babylon. And Babylon was overthrown exactly as the Bible said. This is Babylon and the chest is Medo-Persia. I went to Persia because I wanted to check out the prophecy. And when I was there, I took some pictures. And when I came back, as I'd come back to camp at night, The words would be summing in my mind, uh, the Bible was right about Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar. It was right about the Persians. This is taken from the Shah's palace. These are some of them mighty Persian kings. When I went down to Persepolis, I saw there an inscription that actually talked about the great king Xerxes. And if you read the book of Esther, his name is called uh, Ahasuerus, but he was the one, this is where I saw the inscriptions about his marrying this Jewish girl. But you see, this is the great power of the Persian kings. Persia, that is called Iran today, is a mighty civilization that goes back Thousands and thousands of years before we were thought of. Now come to Daniel two thirty nine. But after you, that's after Babylon, shall arise another kingdom inferior to you, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. This is not speculation. In three hundred and 31 BC, a meteor came blazing across the sky, Alexander the Great. And so the thighs, the belly and the thighs represent the power of Alexander the Great, the Great Grecian Empire. This is actually an ancient picture of Alexander. Mm. It is actually, not taken with an iPad or anything, but an actual picture of Alexander the Great. And there you have, of course, the Parthenon, which is named for the great mother goddess. You see, the ancient world believed in worshipping the queen of heaven. And thus they built on the Acropolis. This is all these pictures. I, I've got so many pictures, but these are just a few of them. Uh, This is the marketplace down here that is mentioned in the New Testament. And of course, uh, this gives us reason to believe that the prophecy is right on track. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, under Alexander the Great. Somebody comes along and says, oh, it's all speculation. No, it's not speculation. It's intelligence. It's knowledge. That's all there is to it. Now, come on a little further, my friends. Daniel 2 and verse 40. And The fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters all these. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. History tells me Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Greece was taken over and... Uh, conquered by the great power of the Roman Empire. Now, how on earth, I've said to the leaders of the atheistic movement, they've had no answer except to say you're right, how did the prophet, a young man in Babylon, two and a half thousand years ago, know that this would happen? Babylon, Medo Persia, Greece, and that he would know that the fourth one would be as strong as iron. You know what Gibbon calls this empire? The iron monarchy of Rome. Uh, the pantheon, the temple of all the gods. Uh, uh, there you have the Colosseum, where some people think the Christians were put to death. It is not true. The Christians were put to death in the Circus Maximus and I'm going to bring up a picture sometime today of the Circus Maximus and you can see where the Christians were put to death. Uh, There it is, the Circus Maximus. I just wish I had more time. Uh, Let me talk to you about Vespasian and uh, Titus. Here we go the city of Jerusalem was destroyed by uh, by the Romans. And the siege started, I think if my memory is working well today, it was in 66 AD. You can read the words uh, in the ancient Roman, it says Vespasian. But Vespasian had a son and his name was Titus. And Titus, the great Roman general, destroyed the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD and this was a result of the crucifixion of Christ they put Christ to death and then there was hell to pay and if you go into the arch of Titus you will actually see there the Roman soldiers cutting away the golden candlesticks Did you know this? I'm not getting into this today. This was also predicted in the Bible. Every word of the destruction of Jerusalem and the great cities in this world today and the nations, all written down in the prophecies. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, so much for that because I've got to keep moving. Come now to verse 41 and onwards. Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Roman Empire would be divided. If the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, and as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, partly fragile. And as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men. That's marriage. But they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. Now, if i had written the prophecy, I would have said, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, another world empire. But the Bible said, uh, the kingdom shall be divided. And the mighty Roman empire was not followed by another great world empire. Between 300 and 500 AD, it broke up into the kingdoms and the states of Europe. And on the ruins of the old Roman Empire came the greatest Roman Empire of all. Now, the most amazing thing is this. This is a tough one for the skeptic the Bible says they would mingle themselves with the cedar men, the kings here. The history of Europe is the story of intermarriage to bring about a fifth world empire. But the word of God said, the Bible said two and a half thousand years ago, there will never be union again over there on the ruins of the Roman Empire. They shall not cleave, they will not stick together Not everybody believed the words of the prophecy. And over the centuries, there have been a number of people who have set out to destroy the word of God and say, we will have a fifth world empire. We will give birth to the Roman Empire again. Some have said, well, the Eurozone is going to do it. The story of the Eurozone is one of conflict, and his harmony, but you think of some of the great conquerors. You had uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. He said he set to set out to tear the heart out of glory, said Napoleon. And then, more closer to our time, we had uh, the Führer, who had one great plan, and that was to set up the Third Reich and rebuild uh, the Roman Empire. But there was a little island uh, off the coast of Europe led by a man who said, never, never, never. And when the whole world said, uh, they are going to go down, he said, never, never, never. Mm -hmm. But you know, the man who set out To destroy was a man who was actually fighting the word of God. Now let this sink down into into your mind. You know, this man invaded Russia. He said, when I destroy Russia, I will set up the new world empire. But you know the story that one day a snowflake kissed his cheek. Mm Mm-hmm. And there in the very heart of the Russian Empire, he found a terrible defeat. He limped home, left most of his army, the same as the Nazis did. Listen carefully. I can tell it to you with absolute certainty. The Bible teaches Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. How did he know the fourth empire was going to be the iron empire. Come on, tell me, how did he know? How did he know? Hmm. Hmm. People say, well, you know, just a guess. Why don't you guess like that? Hmm? Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, uh, and then division, and division, 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 division. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to you, if genuine prophecy exists in the Bible, then the main issues of our age are met. Because if genuine prophecy exists, then God exists. You see? And if God exists, then you exist too. You see, God died, they say. God died in the 19th century. Man died in the 20th century. A 100 million people put to death in the 20th century because they got rid of God. Mm. It's just a fact, you know. Now, what we have here, of course, is history in advance. So in this prophecy that was written in old Babylon 2,600 years ago, you have this outline of world history. Babylon, head of gold. Silver, silver, Medo-Persia. Greece, Alexander the Great. Let me tell you something. I've got so much to tell you. I don't have enough time. Would you like to know why Alexander the Great did not destroy Jerusalem? Because he went out and destroyed every place in the world. When he came to Jerusalem, he didn't destroy it. Because when he went to destroy Jerusalem, he was met by a group of priests, Jewish priests in their robes, carrying the book of Daniel, the scriptures. And they showed Alexander the Great where he's actually mentioned in the Bible because he's mentioned in Daniel 8 and also uh, Daniel 11 and alluded to here. They took him into the temple. He said, uh, you are the people of God. That's the only reason he didn't destroy the Jews. He hated the Jews, but he saved their city because of this prophecy. So Babylon, uh, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, Rome. And then Europe and uh, the prophecy has come to pass, including the failure of any man to set up a fifth world empire. It has all come to pass. And it was written down in this book, which is the basis of civilization. But now the next world ruler, Daniel 2, 44 and 45. In the days of these kings, look at it. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Goodness. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that of broken pieces, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great god has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and the interpretation is sure. Listen, I can tell you what the next world empire is going to be. But look at this again head of gold, you see. Babylon. You can't argue about this, it's just a fact. Chest of silver, Medo-Persia, Greece, led by Alexander, then Rome, the Rome of the Caesars, and then the feet and the toes. We live down in the toes. And then you have the stone. I notice, and I'm afflicted also, that everybody is very interested in these elections. You know, you turn on television, that's all you get. But I want to tell you folks something. The stone strikes the image and the kingdoms of this world are destroyed. So I wouldn't be putting too much faith in them. Hmm? I wouldn't be too concerned about them because the kingdoms of this world are destined to destruction. The stone is coming. If you listen carefully, just sit here. If you listen carefully, you're listening, <laughs> if you listen carefully, you can almost hear the stone coming. Everywhere I go, people say to me when they discover what I do, they say to me, what's next? People say to me, what's next? What do you think is going to happen? What's going to, a Muslim man came to me recently. He said, what's, what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? He said, I believe something tremendous is about to happen in the world. What's going to happen? People say, ask me, what's going to happen? I can tell you what's going to happen. The next great event in the history of this planet is the coming of the stone of destiny, the destruction of earthly kingdoms, and the setting up of the kingdom of God himself. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you just a little tiny bit of, a tiny little bit of uh, theology. The word stone is eben. Eben. And the word for son is ben. Hebrews love to play around with these words. Ben eben. The stone, the stone, the sun. In other parts of scripture, there is a person who is called the son of man. He is the Christ. The next world ruler is Ben E. Ben. The stone, the sun, the Christ. So think about it. Do I have hope? Oh, yeah, of course I do. Do I have hope? Do I believe the future is going to be tremendous? Yes, I do. Am I depressed over the elections or anything else? I'm not terribly concerned. I can tell you why. Because there is a God in heaven. Amen. Now, think this through. Think about this. And I, I, I've said this to millions of atheists. I've seen... I've seen vast numbers of atheists, and communists, become believers, uh, including the Colonel who used to teach atheism to the troops in Ukraine. Uh, He came to my meetings, became a true believer. He said, I've seen the evidence. So I have hope, I know who I am. I know where I came from, I know why I'm here and I know where I'm going. You see? And it's not wishful thinking. It's, I don't say it because church people like to say it. I say it because of the facts of history. Listen, I learned this many, many years ago. See if my memory going to bring it back to me. First, the Babylonian kingdom ruled the world. Then Medo-Persia's banners were unfurled. Next, after Greece held universal sway, Rome seized the scepter. Where are we today? Down in the feet, made of iron and clay, weak and divided, soon to pass away. What will the next great, glorious drama be? Christ. Christ and his coming. Mm. And eternity. Mm-hmm. And as the... Ancient Egyptians said when they saw something that was supernatural which they could not understand, they had this saying to the Pharaohs, this is the finger of God. Today, you, my friend, you have felt the finger of God and you have come face to face with the God of Bible prophecy. I've just come from Russia via Switzerland, and I'm now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. This place has got huge memories for me, because back in '95, we ran a campaign in this city, and in spite of terrific opposition, by the grace of God, we baptized 3,530 precious souls in the Dnieper River. I'm back here today because I believe that we need to take care of the people we baptize. I don't believe it's right to baptize people and then to walk away and to leave them literally in the cold. When I read my Bible I find where the Apostle Paul went back time after time to visit the people that he had baptized. And so I'm back here today for the 43rd time in Russia and Ukraine together to visit the people. I'm back here to preach the gospel of Christ. I'm back here to explain the word of God and let these people know that they are not forgotten and never will be forgotten. We believe that there is a tremendous opportunity for the preaching of the gospel of Christ in this part of the world. The soul hunger still exists, and the Carter Port has got a goal to take the gospel of Christ to the people of Russia and the people of Ukraine. I just want to say to you, dear friend, my heart is overwhelmed with thankfulness for your magnificent support. Thank you in Jesus' name.